0: Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your business. Today, we're going to dive into people and how they impact everything about your business. I'd like to say hello, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host today. I'm a tenured master business coach and strategist for almost 20 years now. I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., the coaching practice specializing in guiding small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership. I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. I honestly believe small businesses are the accelerant of our economy so much so that I found it inadvertently I found it a number one best selling business book series for small businesses. Now don't worry, we'll, we'll share a little bit more about that later. But most importantly, like all good things, I didn't do it alone. I invited tenure experts to join me in the authoring process. And today we have with us one of our tenured experts. And a brand new number one international best-selling author. Shalini Nag, welcome, welcome.
1: Hello, Maggie. Pleasure (laughs) to be here.
0: Oh, well, I think the pleasure will be our listeners because we're going to have some fun today and and really make them think a little differently, aren't we?
1: I certainly hope so.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, everyone, I'd like to share that Shalini works with all size companies to create exceptional cultures and transform their people into exceptional professionals. I wonder if that's because she's so exceptional. Hmm. Okay, but anyway, back to that introduction. I'll say that again. Um, Shalini works with all size companies to create exceptional cultures and transform their people into exceptional professionals. So the companies achieve their desired outcome. Is that a good explanation?
1: It's a great explanation.
0: All right, cool. So I'd like to say welcome. Yay, you're here. Yay. All right. Your book is volume four in our series, Shalini. And, it's, and that's the one with the, the amethyst, beautiful purple color uh, cover. And it's titled, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. And you penned the chapter that's titled, Flip the Paradigm, Embrace the Human Approach to Boost Your Business. I love that. I love that. And I'm really thrilled that you're with us today because our listeners are in for a treat. We need to be thinking about new ways, uh, innovative ways to transform our businesses because that's the time we're in more than ever. So should we just dive right into um, our conversation because I have some questions for you.
1: I'd love to dive in.
0: Okay, let's do it. Um, Now you have already been in our podcast and you were episode 156 and in that conversation we talked about creating high performance culture and how small business owners should consider starting that journey right now not next year not in five months but right now so why is it important to begin as soon as we can
1: couple of different reasons, Maggie. The first is really culture starts with us. And as a small business owner, especially if it's a solopreneur, um, and as somebody who is leading a team, we have to make ourselves the core of that team, it spreads out from us. And so because it starts with us, the sooner we start working on ourselves, the sooner we can start bringing our people along with us and build that organizational culture. Uh, and that's the reason why it's critical to do it now. And also like when you really think about it, this is the second part, right? November is a is a great time or end of November, December, right? It's a great time when people start thinking about how the past year went, what the next year has coming for us. And really, if we think about that, for many people, 2020 has been the kind of year that gets them thinking in very, very different ways. Yeah. Uh, so why not you know, ride that wave? And think a little bit differently about how we can set ourselves up for success in the longer term, not just right now, but in future.
0: Oh, and, and it starts with us, right?
1: It does start with us.
0: Okay, so when we realize that this, this journey starts with us, we need to be mindful of several things. What should we be thinking about as a small business owner?
1: So you're right that we do need to think about a few different things. One of the key things is how do we actually ensure that our culture is aligned with our business and across all aspects of our business? Because as you know, and as our book says, right, peace is one of the key pillars of having a successful business. And that's not just peace in the sense of, mental health, which has become an emerging topic and a very critical one. But it's really around how do you ensure that everything is in sync, moving together in a way that everyone on the team is pushing towards the same direction in the same, for the same objectives. On the other hand, it is also critical because uh, a business needs to differentiate itself from its competitors. Mm. So when we are thinking about how do we undertake the journey, right? What are the things we need to think about? It really is about what, would, what kind of culture would align our business goals and our people in a way that we can all work together. How do we differentiate from our competitors? Because when that happens, then our customers not only recognize us, but are attracted to us. And also people that we would like to hire and we would like to work with would come to us themselves. So it's a more of a attraction rather than you know, having to go out and search for them. And then finally, when we think about how to get started, it's really about going back to the basics, starting from, from building the strong foundation and then building the differentiation on top of that.
0: Okay. So I love how you say, if we get this right, it brings more peace to us, which, wow, we all need. Business is stressful enough, right? And then the other part that you said is it. it this is a differentiator, okay? And, and I I believe that we often overlook our differentiators in small business. Do you agree with that?
1: I agree completely. I I couldn't agree more. <laughs>
0: And there's so many ways we can do it. That's one of the things that small business is blessed with because we have the opportunity to be much more agile and we can say, oh, that's my impression that I'd like to make, or that over there is my impression I'd like to make, instead of just saying, okay, this is how we do it. And, you know, time to make the donuts and be so boring. And we can attract. The type of customers we want according to what we decide to make as our own and amplify it, right?
1: That is true. And I think for some business owners or or a lot of them, because they are thinking about their product and thinking about differentiation, a lot of them think about it from the perspective of how do we attract the right customers? How do we create something that is different from our competition from the perspective of the products? but few of them really think about how do we differentiate ourselves in the eyes of future employees? How do we differentiate ourselves in the eyes of those who uh, groom and create these future employees such as educational institutions? How do we ensure that when an uh, an institution is looking for uh, partners in corporations or in uh, entrepreneurial sectors in order to, um, you know, for their career fairs, et cetera, and so on, How do we become the most attractive to them? How do we create that space and that brand, so to speak, which allows job seekers, which allows people who we would like to hire to find us and want to be part of our organization? And I think that is a unique way of differentiating ourselves. And it's very, very critical for the small business owner, because if we don't do that, we fall into this issue of competing with more established businesses and obviously with small uh, startups or with small businesses, they can't really compete on compensation packages. And there's good news and bad news there, right? The bad news is we can't compete on compensation packages. The good news is it's not the compensation packages that actually attract and retain (laughs) the best employees. So, We fall into that if we don't differentiate, but if we do create a differentiated culture based on a strong foundation of the success delta, then we don't need to compete on a single dimension like compensation packages.
0: Okay. And I really appreciate that. And we even had um, one of our volume two authors reference the research that validates it's not about money that it, money isn't the motivator, excuse me, that's a better way to say that. And that creates a whole new opportunity for small businesses to show up. And one of the easiest ways to do it is focus on our culture. I agree with you because it doesn't cost anything to do that, right?
1: It doesn't cost much. It costs yeah, time. Okay. It yes. costs intentionality, right? You have to spend the, and this is why it's important to begin early. We need to be intentional about it because we talked about this in our last episode about culture being pervasive and culture being enduring. So we need to start now so that we create a culture that that endures, but is what we want it to be. And because it's pervasive, we need to ensure intentionally that it it exists in every single aspect of our business Whether we're talking about the systems, whether we're talking about our processes, whether it is how we work, whether it is how we interact with our people, whether it is how we interact with our customers. So it needs to be part of each and everything that we do for our business.
0: Okay. And I did speak out of turn. It doesn't cost anything. There are some costs, even some financial costs, but they're minimal compared to other improvements that we make along the way.
1: Quite right, and I think it's not so much out of turn, it's more the emphasis that unlike going after the shiniest object, okay. or the most expensive tool in the market, one can actually build this kind of culture through inter- intentionality, through investing the time with one's people, through taking the uh, making the effort to have the right conversations, mm-hmm. and really thinking about how do you create an environment that future employees not only feel attracted to and want to belong to, but that empowers them to really do their best work, to bring 100% of themselves to work, to identify and prevent issues proactively that doesn't require them to be micromanaged, that helps them to continuously grow so they want to stay with your business as your business grows, and that allows them to boost your business instead of you being the single engine driving this whole machine.
0: Oh, that right there is why everyone should be doing it, right? <laughs> exactly right. It's, it's much easier and the impact is far more reaching when we have a team of people versus one person doing something. So there it is everyone, for no other reason, pick that one. <laughs> you're not convinced on the others but we sure hope you are okay um Shalini last episode you introduced very very quickly the success delta and I would love for us to speak more about the success delta can you take us there and explain that
1: I will do that right now. So when you think about the success delta, it really is what I found through my research to be the difference between great organizations that thrive in stable times and exceptional organizations that can thrive and adapt no matter what the internal or external pressures are.
0: Oh, okay. So exceptional is regardless of what is going on, they can adapt
1: and thrive. At it. Exactly right. So that's the success delta. And it is a culture of trust, inclusion, and high development. So these are the three components high trust, high inclusion, and high development. And as we dive into the basics of, of this concept of the success delta, I just want to highlight that this is not what differentiates necessarily an organization from its competitors, although right now in today's day and age, because most small businesses don't do this, getting this is going to make them differentiated. But on top of that, based on the type of business, based on the industry, based on their unique goals, you can actually differentiate further. But that differentiation without this foundation of the success delta can only take a company so far. Okay, so
0: that makes sense to me why is this i know you have more to share so why is the success delta so critical for business success
1: so the reason it is critical uh maggie is when you think about a small business owner or an entrepreneur or a startup founder right they're just at the beginnings of their company there are three challenges that they face most often one we mentioned a little bit earlier in terms of competing with larger more established businesses But apart from that, they also need to continuously adapt because when you're thinking about a smaller business, they're really building up their customer base, they're growing through different phases. And so the pace at which the organizational needs evolve is really fast compared to an already established larger organization. And so the company, the business owner and their people need to adapt very quickly and continuously in order to establish that customer base and continue to grow it.
0: Okay, that and, makes sense.
1: And then the third one is that, like, think about any entrepreneur, right? You always have a more work to do than can possibly be done in one day, <laughs> and the kind of work that needs to get done is not specialized. You have to wear many hats every single day. Uh, if you're a solopreneur, you're everything from the administrator to the salesperson. If you are leading a small team. You're still doing all of that. And then your team members are expected to do all of that as well. And so we are wearing multiple hats all the time, which means during the course of one day, we as individuals need to shift roles, need to adapt to different needs of different roles, and we need to actually step up our game so that we are able to take on these different roles, so that we are able to think ahead as to what issues might come up. We we have to think ahead in terms of how what we do influence the people around us so that the whole organization can actually move forward. So these three challenges are the primary reasons why it is so critical to have the success delta in place. Okay.
0: So far, this seems very practical, but yet we don't do it. So what happens when small business owners don't apply the success delta?
1: I think a lot of uh, folks listening to us might identify or recognize situations where they found one of these following things happen or they recognize it might have even happened to them. Often they find it difficult to compete for the right talent. Mm. So they'll, they usually tend to grasp at compensation as, as the primary cause and say, oh, you know, we can't really afford to pay for, pay as much as this bigger company across the street. And so everybody's going there. They are not coming to work for us. The flip side of that is they may hire really good people initially, because there are of course, brilliant people who want to work for startups because of that very unique experience. Right. But then the next thing they find is that their best people actually leave first. The moment they have an opportunity, they tend to be the first ones to leave because it is the best people who have the most opportunities available to them. And what's more, and I think what may be more concerning as businesses get into the next phase of growth where they have maybe 10, 30, 50 employees is uh, past or current employees give them poor reviews. And in today's day and age, these reviews are publicly available. And so that then prevents other folks from actually applying to jobs and wanting to work in your organization. So that's one of the major like issues that a lot of small businesses often face. And unfortunately, it doesn't end there. If you think about it, think about wearing multiple hats, think about requiring a lot of different skills in order to actually do the work that needs to get done. There is a direct impact to the revenues, whether it is from poor customer service because your best people are leaving or because they're not engaged. So they're not really paying attention to your customers or because you're losing Opportunities that would have come your way if every member of your team was really looking to grow your business.
0: Well, I I agree with everything you said, and I can't tell you how many clients of mine actually come in with these pain points saying, I need help, something's wrong, I can't find the right people. And we look at what they are offering, and the offer is far beyond the dollars, as we've been discussing here. And yet it's overlooked all the time. You and I both know this. And I think, um, I truly believe that deep down, all the small business owners know that. They just don't know how to change it.
1: Would you agree with that? I think you may be right that um, some business owners are aware that it is more than the dollar amount because, I mean, I have come across people uh, or business owners who potentially have tried to pump in the funds, but they, uh, into hiring people, I mean, and they forget how to deal with what happens next so this is an example of where a business owner might say you know what i want to hire a particular type of employee and so i'm going to spend all this money on uh, connecting with uh, academic institutions or finding where they are and spend on branding and on hiring and on recruiting and so they hire these people the best people And then, unfortunately, what happens is they haven't really thought through what the experience of this individual is going to be through the rest of the organization as they get onboarded, as they become part of the team, as they continue to develop and grow. There is no uh, strategic perspective on how you're going to ensure that after you hire this person, they are actually happy and engaged and thriving in your organization. So it's almost akin because uh, small business owners are more familiar with customers. It's like saying I have a new customer, but I don't actually nurture them. I don't give them any customer service, and if they come to us with issues, we don't listen to them, and we just go and try and sell them more of whatever we want to sell them instead of actually adapting what we have to their needs. Yes,
0: yes, that is exactly it. And there, there's an old term called internal customer, which is everyone in the organization is, an, is should be treated as if they are a customer, except they're internal versus an external customer, a regular customer. And it, it seems to have gone by the wayside, but I think if it would come back, we would see smaller businesses becoming premier employers again.
1: I agree with you. You um, actually hit the nail on the head in terms of it seems to have disappeared. Uh, so when you know even when we think about management books etc in the 1990s people talked about uh, or rather the books talked about people processes and uh, systems being the three elements of a successful organization but now it's all of the strategic planning all of the thoughts about strategy and business strategy comprise finance operations product and customer and somehow people who are employees have kind of have disappeared to the wayside and has been left behind. And I think that is the struggle that organizations are now facing. Uh, One example, and this is like for a lot of startups, they are told, you know, check out the lean startup canvas and fill out all the different sections. So you know that you have a strong plan and then you can use that plan to get funding from venture capitalists and so on and so forth. And then when you actually look at that canvas, nowhere does it say who is going to be on the team and how are you going to ensure that the team is going to actually enable you to get all these other little boxes completed?
0: Well, I do know that that is a fact. And it's such a shame because it's our people that make the difference. That's the magnetization you were speaking of earlier. And if we see that our, our culture, our way, our approach, how we be in our business is inviting and supporting and encouraging, that alone is why some people are really start, uh, attracted to the startups. As you were saying earlier, there's, there's a certain type of person that likes startups, energy, and all of that. And we forget that one of the greatest gifts we can do is create a culture where our staff, including us, show up for eight hours or whatever it is a day and enjoy what we're doing
1: i couldn't agree more and the reason is it's not it's very very true of startups right because most people who are attracted to working for startups actually want that high pace, they want that energy they want the opportunity to shape what they are creating together so if they don't have that voice, that ability to actually contribute more, they are not happy. And that's the, that's the biggest, I think, conundrum that small business owners have. On the one hand, they feel like they're overwhelmed because their people are not stepping up, but their people are actually leaving because they are not finding the opportunity to step up. And it is this disconnect where both want the same things One of them wants to step up, the other, the business owner wants them to step up, but they are unable to figure out how to actually make that happen. And that is actually culture. And that's the whole point of having this trust where you can have those open conversations, the inclusion where you're listening to what your people truly want, not just for the sake of Saying that you have people from a diverse background or saying that you have diverse people in your organization, but really putting in the effort to listen to all the different perspectives that they bring and how that can help drive and grow your business. And finally, high development. The more you develop your people and allow them to step up And step into bigger roles, the happier they're actually going to be in your organization. And that's what you really want. You want your best people to continue growing because the more they do, the more they contribute, the less you need to worry about the business.
0: Okay. So so now you just put it out there. That's how it needs to be done and why. So let's pull it back a little bit because everything you're saying is very practical. And I'm sure our listeners are hitting rewind over and over and over to take notes on this. So where should small business owners start this whole process?
1: I'll go back to what we were touching on a little bit earlier and say, start with ourselves. Yes. And the three elements, a lot of times when we use words like trust, when we say inclusion, when we say high development, we say, oh, we need to do this for others. Yes, we do need to do it for others, but we need to start with ourselves. So trust, for example, we need, in order to allow, in order to create an environment of trust, a leader always needs to trust the other person first. It's just a consequence of being in that leadership position that the more you trust other people, the more they are willing to trust you. Okay. Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. Because this is
0: not commonly spoke of, okay? Let, let's go back. You said when you're the leader, you need to go ahead and trust others first?
1: Yes, indeed. So an example, right? A lot of times, and this is where the underlying issue of micromanaging is. If you trust your people to get things done and you don't micromanage how they get it done, they will trust you to give them the amount of space and knowledge that they need. And they'll trust you enough to come to you to ask for help or to highlight issues or to share their progress and even their mistakes because you have shown them that you trust them as people to do the best that they can for you. And trusting first, also means that you trust it doesn't mean that you trust blindly it doesn't mean that you just say okay I don't know who you are I don't know your qualifications but I'm going to just trust you to get things done that's not the aim of trusting first the aim is to allow people to step outside of their known uh, comfort zone or their known experience because a lot of um, people in the hiring position hiring managers or business owners who are hiring for the first time they will hire saying, okay, do you have the experience to do X? If you don't have the experience to do X and I need someone to do X, I'm, I'm not going to hire you. Unfortunately, what that does is it eliminates all of the people who have what we call learning agility, the ability to learn whatever needs to be learned in order to get new work done. And that's the kind of people you actually need. And and so trusting means that if someone says I'm up for the challenge, I will do my best to learn and to do what needs to be done so that we get to the outcome that we desire. That is trust, right? You trust them to follow through on that promise. It's not trust in terms of, oh, if you've not done it before, and you cannot show me paper proof that you've done it before, I'm not going to hire you. That's (laughs) the differentiator.
0: Okay, that's good to know, because I think that That's good to know. Most small business owners don't know the difference. Thank you for pulling that apart.
1: And I'd add to that uh, is when I was saying that we need to start with ourselves, the critical thing is we, in order to be able to trust someone on that kind of a promise, we have to trust ourselves first. Mm. We have to trust that if something goes wrong, we can redirect and help this person to go to change directions and be right in the next attempt. We have to trust that if you're giving them eight hours to finish a particular piece of work, and they come back to us in eight hours and they say it could not be done, we are capable of actually working with them to get it done in the next four to five hours or you know whatever timeline so that the customer, for example, if it was a customer facing uh, activity, they don't see the lag. So we need to trust that we can A, guide this person and we need to trust ourselves that we we can be the safety net should something go wrong Ah. because that's when we are able to give them the opportunity to learn and develop
0: so this trust thing is really big and and it shows up in many facets
1: it does indeed it i mean it's part of culture it is pervasive it's everywhere
0: well you said that last episode and you're saying it again and again and again and again in this one and i i share that because we don't i i believe we as small business owners don't typically see it that way so thank you thank you you know when we hear the word pervasive we understand that but when we Talk about all the different applications; it becomes so real, and we're like, "Oh, I get it!" So, way to go. So that's trust. Then we have inclusion, right? The the second in yes. in the triangle.
1: Yes. So okay. inclusion is very interesting. So this is this is one of those areas that need a little bit of parsing. Uh, when I talk about inclusion. It encompasses the topic of including people who are different from us, for sure. This is where diversity and inclusion, the field of diversity and inclusion comes in. But I think we need to start even earlier than that. We need to start inclusion with an understanding that not, that we don't know everything and that our perspectives can and should be challenged for us to be able to hear others and for us to grow. And so inclusion really starts with us understanding and accepting the fact that A, we have blind spots and B, we like to have our perspective challenged. That doesn't mean we accept everything new that comes our way, but we want to hear everything new that comes our way. We want to hear the opinions that are contrary to our own because that allows us to expand our frame of reference to expand our vision to encompass more about our business so that when there is an issue that might have been in our blind spot and someone mentioned something about it and we are challenged instead of feeling threatened we're able to say okay let me go check and (laughs) we're able to actually find and solve for that issue early enough that it doesn't become a problem and this could happen from If you're a solopreneur, this challenging could come from customers, it could come from peers, it could come from other entrepreneurs that you're working with. When you have a small team, it comes from your team, it comes, again, it doesn't eliminate the others, but it also comes from your team. So being open to being challenged actually comes from us having the humility and the ability to say that I'm ready to listen to other perspectives.
0: Mm, Okay, I'm ready to listen to other perspectives that's simple. Applying it isn't necessarily always as easy. (laughs) Okay. And then um, our third is high development. Can you share a little about that? Because we have so much more to discuss, but we're running out of time. So I think that might be a great place to wrap up.
1: Happy to do that. So high development, um, most small business owners, when they first get started, they get started by trying to learn to do everything themselves. And it is natural that they want to, because I mean, it's part of something that feeds into that trust, right? You might have to be a safety net for your people at some point. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but that's not the purpose of high development. High development is really about developing and growing our perspective, developing and growing our skills so we can get to the next level. When we first start our business as a solopreneur, we are the one person doing the work. But as we grow our business, we need to then step up from being an individual contributor or an individual worker to being a manager and then step up from being a manager to being a leader. And it is that development from one stage to the next that is the focus of high development. So when we start with ourselves, we need to ensure that we are skilling up And changing our perspective to travel that path from being the worker to being the leader. And as we develop our people, we need to groom them to become leaders in their own right. Because when they are leaders, we don't have to lead them anymore. Oh, that's
0: wonderful. (laughs) What a great goal. Okay, so that we have some work to do, right? We do, and and I know that we can continue this conversation about how do you do this with a team, and what else do we need to know about leading a team? Can we save that for next time?
1: We can indeed. That okay. would be
0: fun. Wonderful. Oh, I'd like that. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So thank you, because boy, this alone is very powerful, and in slowing down to focus on. Who are we? How are we showing up? Why are we showing up the way that we are? And how can we show up better to get the results we truly are seeking? This is where we begin, is what you're saying.
1: I'm saying exactly that.
0: (laughs) Okay, so this is beautiful. And um, if we can focus on the next point of conversation being like, how do we bring a team into this? That would really be wonderful. Thank
1: you. You're welcome, Maggie. I look forward to that conversation.
0: (laughs) Okay. And listeners, if you would like to learn more and engage with number one international Vesaline author Shalini. Now, go ahead and start by reading chapter four in volume four of the book Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. It's the one with the amethyst cover and if you go to uh, most people buy their books through Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and you type in Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner you're going to see four books there. Go purple. <laughs> go purple and you will get to see shalini's um, brilliance come through on this plus at the end of her chapter at the bottom of her author page she has a special invitation for you shalini can you share what that would be
1: yes uh, maggie the special invitation is for people to download their own usable guide on how to bridge the gap between themselves and others with conflicting points of view. You remember oh. you said inclusion, being ready to have a perspectives challenge isn't the easiest. That particular guide, uh, I call it allies at work, actually helps people bridge exactly that gap.
0: Oh, beautiful. That's very powerful. Can't wait to hear everybody's feedback once they download that. And then at the end of your chapter, you have all your social media handles. So everybody knows how to connect with you. And um, what I would like to do is ask you right now, besides going to the app, and we'll talk about that in a moment. How else can everybody get a hold of you, Shalini?
1: So uh, you can get a hold of me through uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I am very active there and I post a lot of content on the regular basis. Uh, You can email me at shalini.nag at avidasolve.com. And Maggie is going to mention the app, but you can also go to my website, www.avidasolve.com and actually book a call with me directly
0: aha uh-huh. well we'll have all those links for you in the show notes everyone so don't worry about that and as we were talking something really cool is happening you can go to your app store and download our app for the book series the authors and everything else in between all our podcasts are there and you can do that by typing brilliant biz book again that's brilliant biz book And we have a feature that's called ask an expert you can see shalini's name there click on it type your question and she'll reply back to you that's a pretty cool feature isn't it
1: it is indeed (laughs)
0: okay all right and um just again i will repeat the other episode that you have done so far in your series is episode 156 and I'm thinking it may be very good for somebody who's listening to this to go back and listen to that because that's our our hmm, square one of this whole conversation, right? It is. Okay. And I'd like to thank you, Shalini, for your time and your wisdom sharing today. You just blew it right out of the park. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie. It was a
1: pleasure. <laughs>
0: All right. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.